What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-host Jack Manis. And today you are listening to the 176th episode of the podcast. Welcome back, folks. How you doing today, Jack? It's an exciting time in sports right now. We're not necessarily the league we're going to talk about here <laughs> is not really going to be underway for several months, but right. nonetheless, still a very exciting weekend. How are you feeling yeah. heading into opening day weekend and Masters weekend? Excited. Excited for the Masters. Always a great time of the year and falls the same day as baseball, thanks to the lockout. Yeah. So, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it's, um, I have a couple winners in there, but uh, yeah, I've John Rahm, Patrick Cantley, and Tyrell Hatton is the three people I bet on. So okay. we'll see how that plays out there, but should be exciting stuff. Um, sign that the weather's changing, weather's getting better. That's mm-hmm. always good. Um, soon enough, it won't matter for you though, because the weather will be good all year round about a month from now. Well, almost exactly a month from now when you move to Florida. So, correct, it'll be you won't even have seasons anymore. But anyway, today we're talking about the NFL. We are so behind. We haven't had a have we even had an NFL episode since the Super Bowl? No. So we haven't talked about the NFL in like a month and a half. Uh, probably right. just about, yeah. Hmm. We had a hockey one, actually. No, basketball I think ones. We had well, we had the two draft episodes. We had a I, hockey one. Yeah. And we may have taken a week or two off in between there. I think we had one. We had one actually where we discussed the coaching um, hires, I believe, right? So that was one of them. That was one we did with Shreff in the, uh, the same night as the meet and the uniform draft. That was in the same. Ep- that was in the Super Bowl recap episode. Oh, okay. So yes, they went Super Bowl recap slash early predictions. The You're drafts, right. March Madness, March Madness. Okay. Yeah. So you know, all obviously, if you've been following along, which I'm sure many of you have, there's so much to talk about. I mean, we're going to be going through each division, kind of highlighting and giving our brief analysis on each of the moves, whether that be free agent signings, trades, um, players coming out of retirement, just all sorts of craziness that we'll get into in the next about hour or so. Um, but I guess we should just get started because there's there's a ton to talk about. We can go right to the AFC North if you are ready. Yeah. All right. The AFC North. 
the most notable thing that's happened. I mean, this could be, would you classify this as the biggest move of the off season? Yep. Trubisky really? and the Steelers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, well, we'll be talking about Mitch Trubisky in just a second here, but Deshaun Watson gets traded from the Houston Texans to the Cleveland Browns for three firsts, a third and a fourth. He signs a five-year, $230 million contract, all guaranteed, the largest guaranteed money contract ever in the NFL. I mean, if you remember, I mean, how this all played out the week ahead, I mean, everyone thought that the the, the three finalists for the Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson sweepstakes were Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta. And then all of a sudden, the Browns, probably less than 24 hours before the deal actually came through, emerged as a surprise contender to acquire him. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it just happened. So, I mean, what, are your, what were your initial thoughts on this? You know, obviously, we have a different perspective as Steelers fans as well than the typical NFL fan. Um, but, you know, whether you want to comment on the, the legal stuff, the, the football stuff, go ahead. What was your initial thoughts? Um, I feel like this is a, um, a Browns, very Browns move in the sense that um, it was reported by Chris Mortensen of ESPN. The Browns wanted to replace Baker with an adult. And it's just, I don't know how you can speak of Deshaun Watson's maturity with the legal situation going on. Um, it's, it's, yeah, you, you preface it. It's the biggest move um, of the offseason so far. I think the most impactful. Um, it's very interesting. I, you know, the, the talent side of Deshaun Watson is unquestionably fantastic. And I think he's a top two quarterback at his peak. Um, do you think that him being not playing football for a year is going to have any an impact on him? No, not necessarily. I mean, it's not even a guarantee. There's so much still uncertainty, even after this trade and the contract extension and whatnot. Still so much uncertainty. I mean, he was not indicted by two grand juries in two different counties so i don't think he's not going to face any criminal charges however there's still civil cases some not all 22 but some that have to get played out still and whether or not they get settled or not or however that you know transpires the nfl can still suspend players even if nothing happens similar to ezekiel elliott when i don't think anything happened no charges or anything but that he got still got suspended for six games because that's Roger Goodell said so. So they can still do that, and they probably will still do that. Um, and it doesn't even – it's so messy. It could still – this could this suspension could happen in the middle of the season. It could happen in the beginning of the season. It could happen – it doesn't necessarily have to be at the beginning of the season. I think everyone is kind of thinking that it will be, but there's no, like, rule saying that it has – he has to – they have to know by then. They're just going right. to make the ruling whenever everything is clear in their minds. So, I mean, that I don't even think you can bet on the Browns' win total on sports books right now. I think I, che- I briefly checked that like sometime this week, I think, and I don't think they're on there. So, and for obvious reasons, because a lot can right. change. If he suspended eight games, 
and there's just so <laughs> Baker Mayfield hasn't even been traded yet. Yeah, which there's still That's a chance he might thing. not be traded just in case of the suspension. Right. How awkward would that be if he has to go out there and play games? Yes. And there's a couple of points I want to speak to there. Um, I mean, you live with Baker Mayfield, and I think that's a guy I've, I hate him like more than anyone else in the world. Uh, <laughs> he just handled the situation very immaturely. I think he he posted his um, goodbye post to to the Cleveland fans. Um, that's not really how this works. I think he he was he kind of did that. He rushed that and emotionally posted that because he was kind of done, but with, I guess, the Browns front office. I think he kind of just betted on himself too much. They're like, oh, he's good enough to get traded and it's going to happen, but he's not necessarily a hot commodity or as hot as a commodity as he thinks he is. So um, that was a very poor decision on his part, clearly. Um, second, I didn't get to finish my thought of why this is a very Browns move because I got on a tangent or a, I got sidetracked, um, but uh, the contract is very Browns, like just to make a very, very irresponsible, I'd say, decision. Now, you you know this contract dollars a year. Yeah, it's five years, two hundred thirty million. That's forty six annually. Do you know how much of that two hundred thirty million is guaranteed? Didn't I just say it's all of it? Yeah, it's all of it. Yeah, I said it's the lar- I said oh, that in the beginning. It's the largest guaranteed contract in NFL history. Yeah, which is his whole contract. I. I don't know. I think it's tough to give a fully guaranteed contract to anyone, let alone Deshaun Watson in this situation. And they even said to speak just to speak even poor, more poorly of the Browns, like they didn't even do an extensive um, background check or just of study of the whole legal situation. I, there was a um, report that came out about that too. So it was a. I mean, I'm not going to say it's, it, you can't say if it's going to pay off for them. It, it's, it's as you said, there's so much uncertainty, but it's a very I just risky. Really move. hope it's it a comes risky back move. To bite them. Yeah. And I'm also glad, which I guess this is a nice transition here to the Steelers, that we didn't trade for him. Yeah, that was never going to happen. I, I'm really glad. Yeah. Um, Mitch Trubisky as it stands today on April 6, 2022, is the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, what were your thoughts on this? I have I have my opinion on it, but I'll let you go first. Um, initially, when the news broke, I'll go now. Sorry, is my mic good now? It fell. Yeah, it, it was um, making a lot of noises, but yeah. you're good. Uh, initially, when the news broke, I wasn't too excited um, because the contract details didn't come out till a day later. Finding out the contract, um, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm okay with the contract. It's largely, it's only 7 million guaranteed a year, I think. Um, It's largely incentive-based, which is good um, for a guy like Trubisky. Uh, As a guy like Trubisky a lot, um, he had some difficulty in Chicago and I mean there was promise in my opinion in uh did he start in 2017 I know he was jabs in 2017 but did he start that year I think he played 12 games or something like that I can just verify okay that, but... 
Then 2018, I think there was some promise there. And then 19 and 20, um, I know in 2020, he got benched, uh, but then came back and kind of had a bit of a resurgence, um, helped them win some games. So I'm speaking, looking at it optimistically, I'm going to, I'd like to cut him some slack on some things because of how poorly run the bears are and everything that's gone on in Chicago the past couple of years. Um, and then back up to Josh Allen last year, he didn't really get much playing time. I, he had that one preseason game where he looked really good against his former team. Um, my expectations, I'm not gonna, I mean, we talked about this a lot, me and you, but he's more capable than I think what Ben was able to do last year. However, just Ben knowing our system so well and kind of just the player he is, um, I'm not going to really view it as too much of an, as an upgrade. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think in the contract shows I, in the Steelers agree. I don't think Trubisky is a long-term answer. I think he's just a bridge quarterback at best, which I'm fine with him bringing our bridge quarterback. And yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. So I am very happy with this signing. I, for, for a couple of reasons. First of all, I definitely... So at this point, when we signed Trubisky, uh, Russell Wilson already traded. Raiders made it uh, very clear that they're intended, and they still they do. They're going to go forward. They're, they're keeping Derek Carr. I know there's some, some light trade rumors, I guess, that whether he, he was on the block or whatnot. Rodgers announces he's staying in Green Bay. So... Of the op- of the high the high end options were not available anymore. So at that point, you look at you know there's a rookie which you know I'll touch on in a second. Jimmy Garoppolo, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan ended up becoming available after this as well. So you know I'm I prefer to sign Trubisky here at this deal at this price seven million dollars a year as opposed to trading for Jimmy Garoppolo or trading for Wentz or trading for Matt Ryan where we're going to have to give up probably a second or third round pick for those guys. Right. I don't want to do that. And they're going to be more expensive too. I think I'd rather have Trubisky, which yes, those guys I just mentioned are, are better, but the difference in price, I don't think it justifies the amount of how much better they are. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And Trubisky's younger than those guys. I think he has, you know, Matt Ryan's 37 years old, I think, something like that, mid to upper 30s. And I think we know what Jimmy Garoppolo and Carson Wentz are. I'm not necessarily, yes, you know, I'm I'm not like have super high expectations for Trubisky. I don't think he's going to go out there and be an all-pro quarterback or anything like that. But I still think he has some slightly more potential than a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, where I think he's kind of capped, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's me talking myself into it, but I'm really happy with the signing and it doesn't really stop us from getting a rookie. If we still want to do that. Right. Um, Trubisky is a guy that can start for a year. And even if we want to target a guy like Malik Willis in the draft, who is known for being a 
a little bit of a project. He's going to take, he's going to need more time than the average prospect, I guess you could say, to develop. Um, you're taking him on his upside, and that's not going to come right away. If Malik Willis has to start week one of the 2022 NFL season, there's going to be a lot of people calling him a bust. And right, that's not I agree. Set, that is not how his career is supposed to go. Mm-hmm. He would benefit from sitting out an entire season, not not just, you know, sitting a couple games, an entire season, and then, you know, in the right situation starting in 2023. And I think that gives us the flexibility to do that if the general management wants to do that. So I think this is like the perfect signing given the options available. Obviously, I would have, you know, if if a guy like Russell Wilson was to come to Pittsburgh and we even if we had to give up two first rounders like um, like Denver did you got to make that move because that can actually win you a championship. Right. And, but can, that was already off the table. So considering what was available at the time, very happy with it. Yeah. A couple of things to what you said. Um, Steelers always prefer to build their team through the draft. So trading for the guys, like you said, Wentz, Garoppolo, Ryan, having to give up draft picks, is not a route that the Steelers like to go. They really, they traditionally like to build the draft. They're a great drafting team. That makes sense. And Tomlin has, and Kevin Colbert have said that both many times. Um, uh, that's one. And I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, so I guess this isn't a draft preview, but yeah, I think it, it, it would put, I think it makes it a little less likely we'd go after a quarterback. It makes it, I think, a less less likely we trade up for a quarterback, which I was kind of hoping we would because I didn't think Malik Willis or Kenny Pick would fall to us. And I'm of the belief that anyone besides those two, those two isn't worth it uh, to go after in the draft. Um, but I agree with your philosophy on on Willis. I think that would be that would be fantastic if that happened. Um mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever been more uncertain of where quarterbacks are going to go in the, in a draft than I am this year. Like PFF released a mock PFF. There's some mixed feelings about PFF, but they released a mock draft today that had Desmond Ritter going eight to the Falcons. And then Malik Willis going, I think 20 to the Steelers or in the twenties. I don't remember. And Kenny Pig wasn't even the first three rounds or two rounds. So, I mean. Well, okay. Then I think you can discredit that whole thing. There's no chance that Kenny Pickett is not drafted. Yeah. He's going then, to be, he's not only going to be a first round pick, I can guarantee he's going to be a top 20 pick. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think Cynthia Freeland, is that how you say her name? Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah. I think it was her draft, mock draft, that she had Kyle Hampton going number two overall and then no quarterbacks in the first round. That's not happening either. I just never seen, a right i i quarterbacks are going to be taken in the first there round there will never be another draft i think that was what the year um i don't even remember a EJ, year either was it gina smith ej manual that wasn't there was no Maybe. quarterback in the first round yeah but i that will never that happen ever again yeah right so but i know you can disregard those two mock drafts but just the fact that people are at those ends of the spectrum that's all over the place that I've never seen that I've never don't recall a draft has been like that before is my point. Right. Um, I mean, I guess another 
quick word on the draft, then we can move on because it's not, not the purpose of today's episode and there's a ton to get to still. Um, and I think I texted it yesterday, but I am starting to come around to us drafting Desmond Ritter. Yeah, I'm not. Don't want to trade up for Desmond Ritter, but if he was there at 20, I'm okay with it at this point. Yeah, Maybe I'm my not, feelings will change know. in the next three weeks before the draft, but. Like I was starting to talk myself into Matt Corral, like late last college football season. Don't like Matt Corral. I don't know. I've liked Sam Howell. He didn't have a great last season. I've liked him earlier in his college career. Um, I don't like Desmond Ritter. Sorry. And um, yeah, I I don't think any, I I do, I do like, obviously I love Kenny and I do really like Willis too. But other than those two, I'm, I'm not really a fan of the others, but we can move on to our next division team. Yes. So we're going to move on to the AFC South. Uh, we'll talk about the Matt Ryan trade. He went over to Indianapolis following um, them dealing Carson Wentz. So they were a little bit of in limbo there uh, without a quarterback for, what was it, maybe a couple weeks or so. Matt Ryan comes over for a third-round pick. Uh, I like this move for the Colts, and I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about Matt Ryan at this stage of his career and Carson Wentz. But I think it's it's kind of concerning that the Colts were so willing and really pushing to move off of Carson Wentz after one year. I don't think that's a good look for him. Now that it's two oh. teams, two teams that moved off of him, uh, where you know, if you would have said that Carson Wentz would be on his third team in three years after the 2017 season, you'd be you would be looked at like you had three heads. So. I don't know. It's just, it's just really fascinating. And I know we have, we've sometimes had that argument, the Jimmy Butler argument um, about being on so many teams and so many years. And I guess you could say the same for Russell Westbrook. Um, how I always said, like, you know, it says more about you that you're on so many teams in so many years. Well, we'll get to Carson Wentz. I got, I, I guess we can save him. Let's talk about Matt Ryan. Yeah. I guess we can save it for Wentz when, uh, when we get to the NFC East, but. But yeah, Matt Ryan, what do you think about Do you think he still has some juice left in the tank? I do. I really do. I've been critical of Matt Ryan in years past, but um, he had a, I think he had a respectable season in Atlanta last year on a team that was just like miserable. <laughs> um, I mean, he threw for 4,000 yards and only had, I'm just looking at stats now, but. Um, no, he he played well, I think, last year. He And as I said, the weapons around him were poor. Other than Kyle Pitts, there was really no legit receiver he had. Hey, Cordell Patterson did his thing. He was – I mean, he, he played largely running back. And, I mean, Ridley was out for the majority of the season betting on games, and they had Zacchaeus and Russell Gage. You know, the Olamita Zacchaeus went to St. Joe's Prep. Hmm, did not know that. Um, anywho, no, I, I think that he, Matt Ryan performs, I think Matt Ryan is better than Wentz 20, the 2021 version of both. And if Matt Ryan was on this Colts team last year, they would not have catastrophically missed the playoffs in those last three weeks of the season. Um, I don't think, I think you have to make them a playoff team. I mean, considering the division they play in, they got Titans are still respectable, but they 
that should be four wins otherwise. Um, it is a hey, tough conference, the though. Jags, Jags are 6-1 and one against the Colts in the last seven uh That is true. Don't sleep on the Jags. We're going to preview them, and I'm probably going to talk highly of them. But, um, you know, I say that now. Last year, I guess you could say they'd be a playoff team with Ryan, but it's the, the AFC did get stronger, so that's something to consider. Uh, I think this keeps the Colts right up there in the mix, though. I mean, other than Ryan, they um, they traded for Yannick and Gakwe. Um, other than that, nothing else really. So it's, I think it's pretty much the same team. Jack Doyle retired. And yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I think if, if I had to say right now, gun to my head, I think I would have the Colts winning this division. Slight edge over the Titans. Um. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've heard people really talking down about the Colts' weapons, but I don't know. Michael Pittman had a really good year last year. Uh, I agree. Carson Wentz. So I think that he he can build solid rapport with Matt Ryan, and obviously they they have a top two or three, if not the best running back in football. Uh, still a very solid offensive line and a defense that has you know studs at 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 various levels of the defense. So. And, you know, a, a comp, very competent coach, and it's a good organization. And I think the Colts team is uh, – they, they could sneak in with the division title. So And, yeah, that's – I forgot to mention that. Like, this is the best offensive line Matt Ryan has had in a long time, if not ever. Like, he's had some pretty bad O-lines the past couple of years in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and they could, they could still, as we are going to get into in a second here, um, wide receivers are very widely available nowadays in the NFL. So – they could still bring in a guy. They could still draft a guy. So right. they may not be done adding to their arsenal of weapons on the offensive end. So I do think, I do think that's something I need to do. I, Michael Pittman, as you said, he had a great year last year. He's a great receiver, but they don't have a two that I'd be comfortable with. I don't. Paris Campbell hasn't proved enough to me that he's a good number two receiver on a team. I think. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. yeah. Mike. Michael Pittman. Like I said, I big fan of his but yeah they, they don't have much behind him so right they, they need to bolster that julio reunite with matt ryan would be cool i'd love it i'd love it although julio love at this stage it. isn't much but it'd be still be cool <laughs> yeah titans the only other i guess notable move in this uh in this division i guess you can say a, a notable move is the tight the texans finally moving on from deshaun watson but we talked enough about him uh, we don't have to spend too much time on this. Titans add Robert Woods for a sixth-round pick. Uh, coming off an ACL tear in the middle of last year, I don't know how effective he'll be. Uh, maybe he'll take he'll have a little bit of rust in the beginning of the season, but and he is kind of getting up there in age. He's what 29 or something like that, approaching 30, if not already 30. I don't know, um, but I think he could be a solid contributor outside, uh, opposite of AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, very underrated part of, I guess, why they target Woods specifically is that he is a very good run blocker, and mm-hmm. the Titans pride themselves on running the ball, and they like their receivers to be able to run block. So uh, that's definitely a good pairing in that sense, and that's not really all I had on the si- on the on the trade there. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I think they another team like the Colts they desperately need a a number two to pair with AJ Brown. The Julio experiment last year just wasn't. I wouldn't 
hadn't had much faith in Julio at this stage of his career. I, I know how injury prone he is, and it really, really showed last year. Um, so, I mean, if Robert Woods can stay on the field, which I hope he can, I uh, that duo can be very solid. So, and yep. yeah, I just wanted to mention as well there has been rumors that AJ Brown is <laughs> available, but I, the the Titans have very vehemently uh, shot that down and they right. are fully intending on working towards an extension with him. So there's that. But as I'm about to mention here, we're going to get into the Tyree kill trade. Crazier things have happened for sure. Yep. The AFC East dolphin surprised everyone. Well, I guess the whole league was really, you know, put into shock and all the fa- NFL fans were put into shock because the Tyree kill saga happened so quickly. Insane. We, we all woke up one morning and all of a sudden Tyree kill and the chiefs are looking for, looking for a trade partner. And then maybe a few hours later, Schefter says it's down to the dolphins and then, and the jets. And then shortly after that, the jet, uh, the dolphins have agreed to terms uh, with the chiefs to, to acquire Tyree kill. So, you know, no one really saw this coming prior to the 24 hours before it was reported. Uh, the deal ended up being a first, a second, two fourths in 2022 and a 2023 sixth. Um, I mean, where, where to begin with this? What, what do you think? It's exciting. Pairing Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, that's, that's very, very exciting. Two extremely fast players. Um, Devontae Parker's gone now. That was, I guess, that's a trade that happened in the past couple of days. Um, but I think that's a a pretty scary three-headed monster in the passing game between them two and Gusecki. Gusecki's a really, really good pass-catching tight end. Um, yeah, I it's going to be really fun to watch. It's just a lot of people are concerned about if two is capable of sustaining this offense. Um, I've always, I've been a fan of Tua. I like him. I'm rooting for him. I don't know how much faith I have in him. Um, I think he gets, doesn't get enough credit for what he's done. I think if you look at his numbers and not just numbers, he wins like his QB record. I'm pretty sure is very good. Um, it's just that he's not like flashy. He doesn't make like the crazy, you know, highlight throws downfield. Um, he's more game manager esque, which that, that could work. You can win with a quarterback like that. Um, so I don't know how maybe our expectations should be tempered a little bit of how exciting and flashy this offense is going to be. Um, when it's hard to not think that way when they have two guys like Waddle and Hill, but, um, regardless the talent between those two receivers is, is too much that they're going to make it work. Um, yeah, it's just it's an interesting it's an interesting trade, and I'm excited to talk about the Chiefs side too. But your thoughts on the Dolphins? Yeah, uh, I think it shouldn't be understated that you know part of what comes with Tua is certainly durability concerns as well. Over the first two years of his career, that's definitely been something that, and that that's what people were you know a drawback of him going into the draft process. You know everything with his hip injury and. Uh, at the end of his Alabama career, 
kind of translated to the NFL a little bit. He's he's had some slight trouble staying on the field. Um, but uh, health aside, I don't think there's any – you can't really make excuses for him anymore. Um, the Dolphins have done everything they can to put everything around him that they that he that he could ever want to be successful. Um, the jury is still out on Mike McDaniel, as as we'll get to, but you can't deny his his resume and his track record when putting together successful uh, running games. So the the running game should be much improved. I know they they brought in Chase Edmonds. Um, and they could certainly add a running back in, in this draft class, which I think would be a very underrated uh, running back landing spot, by the way. I think if they get a, if they get a guy like a Brees Hall or, or Walker or someone like that, I think that that could be very good for fantasy purposes and real life purposes. I would, they also sign Raheem Mostert too. Yeah, that too. But I still, I, I think if they go after one of the top backs, I think they're talented enough to, um, to beat them out. But, Nonetheless, you know, he, he kind of came from San Francisco where they deployed many, many backs and used Debo Samuel. So certainly it might not be a, a workhorse Najee Harris, Jonathan Taylor type of situation in that, in that front. But, um, but like I said, no more excuses for Tua. He's got to get it done. And if, if, if he doesn't take a little bit of a step forward and, you know, I, I don't know, they could, they could look elsewhere in, in the years beyond this in 2022. So um, last question for the Dolphins here. Gun to your head, what, what, what would you say the record's going to be? Or were they last year? They were, were they eight and nine last year? I think so. I know they started off one and seven. They had that very impressive winning streak, but. It's so gonna, hard. I'm just going to check. It's so hard because the AFC is so good. Like in the NFC, I'd say they made the playoffs. In the AFC, I think they'll be like eight, nine, nine, eight. Dolphins were nine and eight last year. I guess I'll say nine and eight again. Yeah, that's tough. I don't know. I don't even know if I have an answer for that. I'd probably say around the same, but I got some interesting. I I have a thing, a different take on you about their what I think they should go in the draft, but we'll save that for a draft episode. They don't have a first-round pick, by the way. Yeah, because the Tyree Kill thing, right? Right. All right. Speaking of Tyree Kill, we'll transition to the AFC West and kind of talk about the Chiefs' perspective. Uh, they lose Tyree Kill. And, you know, Andy Reid was adamant, and I believe him because I don't know why else they would look to move on, but it was strictly due to cap issues, not due to um, personality or – any, anything on the football related because there, there's no reason to justify that trade if it's not for cap issues in my opinion and that's that seems by all indications what this trade was about yeah chiefs now hold the 29th and 30th i believe overall picks in the draft uh they How's do that? sign you what they got the dolphins how did that happen then i think the dolphins had the 49ers that's how it worked Oh, okay. And the Chiefs, they signed Juju Smith-Schuster and Marde, Marquez Valdez-Scanling. So, you know, Juju can be a nice number two. Not sure about the MV, MVS signing, especially for the money that they gave him. But, you know, by all indications, they're probably going to target a wide receiver in the draft. They're certainly in that range to do so. And there's a lot of, uh, it's a, it's a, 
pretty deep receiver class and certainly a lot of intriguing names that that could that have been mocked to the Chiefs in various mock drafts. Yeah, I um, you know, it's the Chiefs. They're a powerhouse, best quarterback in the league, um, best tight end in the league, and uh, Andy Reid and Bianami are great coaches, and they scheme up some interesting and great great stuff for that offense. But and you I, forgot, you forgot best running back in the league, by the way. Yeah, um, I don't know. I it's it's really tough. <laughs> excuse me it's really tough their uh their scheme was i personally think that their scheme is so dependent and was so speed based and i thought that tyree kill i mean it's clear if it's speed based and tyree kill is is the workhorse see everything runs through him like i think he was so important to that offense it's good they're gonna have to restructure a lot of what they do um because we love juju but he's clearly not as fast and talented as Tyree kill. So, um, yeah, they, they have to add a receiver in the draft. I think the Marcus Valdez scaling signing is just pointless. He stinks. He's so bad. Like he, he should have like 10 touchdowns a year, but he drops like seven of them. It's absurd. Like he's really, he's fat. He's a burner. He's fast and he's big too. I think he's six, four or five. It's just, he, he can't catch, um, so yeah, they'll need a harder receiver. Offensive scheme is going to have to be altered quite a bit, I'd imagine, because I really do think that their offense was Tyreek Hill was imperative to what they did, how fast they they'd run, and the type of stuff they'd do. Um, Juju's a great addition, though. I he's a very very solid receiver, um, physical receiver, uh, can do a lot. Um, but can't fill the entire void of Terry Kill. So those are my thoughts on the Chiefs right now. And their their division clearly got a lot tougher. So I think they're going to be overvalued in sports books wise because they are the Chiefs. I think that losing Tyree Kill is um more important than people think, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know what their initial win total projection is by sports books. Um, but I, I'd have to imagine it's around still around 10 and a half, 11 in that range. How interesting would it be if they got Jamison Williams? They got what? Jamison Williams. Just go from, I mean, yeah. he's probably the fastest player in the draft. I, I mean, is he, 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 he going to last? The, is, is he going to last the 29 30? Maybe they'll move up to get him. Maybe they, they trade up. They just give up both to get to like wherever, where has he been mocked to? Or where do you think he'd go? I mean, it could be anywhere from 15 to 25 range. Okay. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. I mean, they have the capital to do it with the haul they got from the Hill trade. Yeah, I just think it'd be interesting just because they go from the fastest player in the NFL to the fastest player in the draft. Um, and I, I, it's a shame we couldn't see him run at the combine because he tore his ACL at the end of the year. And looks like he's on track to be healthy um, for – you know, relatively soon and he'll make a full recovery and whatnot, but seems like he'd fit. It'd be a match made in heaven there. Um, and I think that'd be really cool to see. So kind of hoping for that, but we'll see, see how it goes. So excited for draft night. It's in uh, 22 days. I, I am, I am so excited. 
Devontae Adams, another shocking move goes. It, it's just more shocking that Aaron Rodgers comes back and resigns. And then a few days later, Devontae Adams gets traded. Everyone thinks, you know, Rodgers stays. It's a given that Devontae Adams is going to come back. But, you know, he gets traded to the Raiders and everyone's losing their mind. He's reunited with Derek Carr, his college teammate. Um, and they gave up a 2022 first and second to acquire him. I mean, I, it's a great move for the Raiders. I mean, it's, you're not going to find a guy like Devontae Adams in the draft. So right. you might as well go out and get him. Um, but I mean, hey, the, the Raiders are doing exactly what they need to do to keep on pace with, you know, the Broncos and the Chargers and the, and the Chiefs. So they're, they're doing what they have to do. Um, is with his two years with Derek Carr, Fresno State, uh, in college, they averaged sorry, Devonta Adams averaged 116 receptions, 1500 yards, and 19 touchdowns. Do you think that could happen this year? Absolutely, yeah, it really could. I, I think I've said to you i don't know if i said it on on an episode i may have said it to you off an episode i think Derek carr is the most underrated quarterback in the nfl uh and i think the raiders i also said this to you i know i did in the last week but my bold prediction is the raiders are winning the afc west that is bold i i think they're gonna be I mean, everyone's thinking it's going to be one of the other three teams, and they're just like, oh, the Raiders are good, and they're probably one of the best fourth-place teams in NFL history, but, you know, they're just the Raiders. They're going to stay there. But the Raiders made the playoffs last year. Yeah, the, right. The Raiders just overperformed. You know, I, I for years, I thought it was Gruden who was a crazy coach. <laughs> well, he's crazy, yeah. Uh, but I then I – Tip my cap to Rick, Rich Bisaccia. Um, maybe it's just something about the Raiders organization. And maybe Josh McDaniels can just pick up where they left off and continue to overperform with the Raiders. And, yeah, I don't think that's too crazy. They, I mean, granted, really... they do have a lot of holes I think they need to address in the draft defense-wise. But um, <clears throat> Derek Cardavante Adams – and Darren Waller, that's that's a really good combo. And Hunter I Renfro, disrespect man. Hunter Renfro too. Yeah, Hunter Renfro's great receiver. And I think Josh Jacobs doesn't get uh, enough credit. I think he's very good too. Yeah, he's not a top 10 back, but you can certainly do a lot worse than him. Yeah. For sure. And I mean, I guess it's a, n- a nice transition to our next guy, Chandler Jones. Raiders signed him. Right. And now, I mean... With Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, that's a lethal duo, man. Right. That's going to – I mean, that's awesome. I mean, yes, they may have some still work to do in the secondary. Yes. Which they can uh, address in the draft. I know they'll have – they have less draft capital now that they acquired Adams, but you're not going to complain about that. But, you know, I think they'll still be fine. And, hey, I mean, Tyron Matthews still out there. Maybe he'll – I don't know. Maybe they can take a look at him. Who knows? So, yeah, I just I just think that's a great move. I know he's 32 years old, Chandler Jones, but he's still playing at a very high level. Um, I forget exactly. Let me just check what his stats were over the past couple of years. But, 
you know, he's still playing at a very great level. Taylor Jones? Yeah. I don't know if you have that. I don't, but. Okay. So he was hurt in 2020, but from 2017 to 2021, 17 sacks, 13 sacks, 19 sacks, 10 and a half sacks. So double digit sacks every, double digit sacks every year of his career except his rookie year, 2014, and the year he got hurt. So he's been in the league for 10 years, double-digit sacks in seven of those years. And um, I think he – how many L pro – yeah. Four-time pro bowler, two-time first-team all-team pro. Um, and, yeah, so it's just a great signing. And I just – I'm really high on the Raiders, and that's that's where I stand right now. I mean, things can definitely change, as we, as we know, in the NFL, but – that that's my bold take as of now. Russell Wilson, I, we're just there's just so much to talk about. I mean, like in any other offseason, like there's no offseason that's been like this, even close. Yeah. If one of those moves happened in an offseason, it'd be just insane. And we that's all we'd be talking about. But I mean, we're just blowing through all these big names, just changing places, and just it's just hard to fathom. But Russell Wilson. I never thought it would happen, but it finally did. The Seahawks traded him two firsts, two seconds, a fifth. Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Noah Fant go to Seattle. Uh, huge blockbuster deal. I mean, what what do we make of this? Um, no, where do you have if you have the Ra- Raiders winning? Where do you have the Broncos right now? At beginning of April, last place. That I want you to go first. Why is that? <laughs> I mean, you can't you 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 can't say that like any of these teams are bad. So me having the Broncos in last place, that's not an indictment of I think they're a bad team because clearly they're not. Anyone with half of a brain can can say that they're a very solid team. You just got to pick someone to finish last in this division. Uh, I think I would probably have them at at like nine and eight in last place. <laughs> I don't even know if that's possible, but do you think that's just like Russell Wilson is a quarterback that I feel like us two have been like, not even just us two, like what he's he's carried the, the some pretty bad Seahawks rosters, and we saw the Seahawks were without him last year. Um, I don't know. He's a very impactful quarterback. I guess I'm just, and I know he can certainly carry lesser talented teams i just i guess i'm not just i'm not really viewing the broncos receivers as that impressive i know he's going to elevate them maybe a little bit but i don't know and they lose noah fan it's it's, i don't have a strong justification for it i really agree i mean receivers wise it's a downgrade i i I think people are oh 100 percent. yeah you go from one of the best duos to sutton and judy good like they're okay, th- but they're largely unproven. Yeah, I unproven, exactly. I think people are too high on Jerry Judy. I mean, I was high on Jerry Judy coming out of the draft. He was a great prospect. Um, Jerry's still out on him. I mean, he obviously, he battled injury last year. And uh, so, like, I'm not, like, sold on him yet. Cortland Sutton, another guy that's battled injuries, so he's got to stay on the field. He's had some success. But, yeah, you said, you said it. He's largely unproven. Um, then other than that, who they got Tim Patrick and, uh, Ham- KJ Hamler is still there. Yeah. So I think wide receivers wise, it's a, 
DK and Tyler Lott are definitely better. Offensive line in Denver is still not great, but I think that's an upgrade from the Seahawks. Seahawks have had some pretty bad offensive lines. And um, the run game. Jonathan Williams is a very, very good running back. I think he had a really good rookie season. I know he had a really good rookie season. He led his broken tackle numbers were off the charts. Um, Melvin Gordon is a free agent. I guess he's not there anymore. He's not even on a team, I don't think. That doesn't even matter. Um, defense, I mean, I, it's it's no legion of boom. Russ had whatever that was seven years ago, eight years ago, but it's better than it was, I'd say, last couple of years. Seahawks had pretty poor defense. So um, in that regard, I'd say Russ isn't going to be expected to carry and bring his team back into games as much as he did in Seattle. Um, that being said, I don't know. It's this division. We, we, we harped on it. Everyone has been saying it. it's, it's, re- it's going to be tough to predict and a really, really talented division. Yeah. I mean, they bring in Randy Gregory too, have Bradley Chubb, Justin Simmons, Patrick. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a solid defense. It I really think about Sertain, who's a great rookie season last year, right? So, I don't know. I really don't know what to think. It's going to be so conflicting when I have right. to sit down and actually make my final NFL prediction. But Like that team you have in last, roster-wise, I that team would win every division in the NFC. I think they'd win every other division in the NFL. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> you can like, say I- that too. I mean, you can make an argument for it. I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but you know, they, they wouldn't. I don't think they win the AFC East, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's gonna it's insane. It's it's the best division I can remember in NFL history. Mm-hmm. So, Khalil Mack goes to the Chargers for a second and a sixth. Um, he was injured for a lot of last year, but he did have six sacks in seven games, so he's still a very, very, very solid pass rusher. Very underrated part of his game is a good run stopper, which the Chargers clearly needed, and they still really do need. I guess you could say the linebackers are probably the only-ish weakness to the team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, So they're probably going to look, in a couple of my mock drafts that I've done personally, I've had them making a move to trade up a little bit to get Jordan Davis. So they could trade for a guy that, I think they could look for an interior interior defensive lineman or a linebacker in the draft. I think that'd be a smart move to do. Um, but, you know, I mean, we're going to talk about another guy in a second here, but great move bringing in Khalil Mack, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, I was looking at the same thing. I was looking at their roster as a whole. I mean, he really completes that, their pass rush at least with him and, with Joey Bosa, that's as good as you can get, pretty much. Um, as a duo, I was gonna ask you. I was gonna ask you. Would you rather have Chandler Jones and Max Crosby or Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa? I think I'd rather have these two. That's a good question. It's pretty close. It is close. Um, yeah, they could go for another run stopper, another middle linebacker, just right up the middle. Sure, that's a where they I imagine they should target in the draft. Um, I mean, any team could help. Could use offensive line reinforcements, but. 
their offense is is pretty solid as is. So, but yeah, defense wise, uh, great edge duo. Um, Jerry Tillery, Notre, Notre Dame guy, but he's been kind of a disappointment, I'd say, for the Chargers a little bit. Um, and they got Drew Tranquil starting, another Notre Dame guy. Um, he's slotted in as a starter right now at middle linebacker. Both my Notre Dame guys, I'm saying, could be replaced. So that's unfortunate. But they're secondary. J.C. Jackson joins the, uh, the, uh, the Chargers. Uh, playing alongside op- I mean, opposite of uh, Asante Samuel Jr. And they still got Derwin James and Nasir Adderley back there at safety. So that's a very well-rounded secondary. Um, <laughs> very complete team. Other than those yeah, two holes, those holes, the holes we mentioned is re- like the one hole, they're run stoppers. Um, also aided by Cleo Mack now, but it's a complete team. And that's it really is. the Chargers every year. I mean, I guess we can just get into J.C. Jackson now, but he I, he is a superstar. He is so good. He's still he's only 26. I thought he was maybe a slightly older than that, but he's still pretty young. 17 interceptions in the past two years. Do you realize that? That's a lot of interceptions. Did he had 11 last year. I think he had eight and nine in the past. Oh, two I years. thought he okay. So I he's got that's got to be the most in the NFL, right? Over the past two years. Yeah. I don't know who else could have had more. I think so. I mean, he's an absolute stud. I think he's a in my he's a top five corner, in my opinion. You you got an absolute mm-hmm. beast. And they I think that's more of an important signing or yeah, they signed him, right? He was a free agent. Yeah. I think that was a more important move than bringing in Mac. Um because I just don't I don't think people realize how good JC Jackson is. I think he's very, very good. So, yeah, that's fair. And I saw this this take on on TikTok by uh, Theo Ash. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, and he was not very high in the Chargers last year, and he ended up being right because they missed the playoffs, where everyone, a lot of people, had them in the playoffs, myself included. But he thinks this year they finally got it right, um, and he thinks that this year the Chargers are going to be what everyone thought they were going to be last year. Okay. Um, you know, maybe a 10, 11 win team. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's the AFC West that took up <laughs> like probably 20 minutes here in this episode, but definitely had the most moves and it's just absolutely insane. I think you could have a Pro Bowl just between the AFC West and the rest of the NFL and it'd be a competitive game. <laughs> I really do. Like yeah. the, the amount of talent they have is just, it's, it's, it's stupid. Doesn't right. make any sense. NFC North, not much here other than Aaron Rodgers. Um, he returns to the Packers. There was right obviously a lot of speculation on where he end up after another MVP season. Uh, I thought he was as good as gone. I thought he was either going to be on another team or retire. I thought this was not going to work out after another early playoff exit. But nonetheless, he returns. Yeah. How will he deal with no Adams? I mean, it's a very, very bad wide receiver depth chart. I don't really see it going well because I just know that Rodgers really hones in on the people he trusts. Obviously, Devontae Adams had a ton of targets. 
And I mean, who's going to get the targets now? Like Aaron Jones, is he going to catch like 120 balls now? Like he how's might, that work? he might like he, he, he Aaron Rogers is not the guy that quickly builds chemistry. And I know they still have Randall Cobb, I think. Right. Is he still there? Yeah. But like, like yeah. what can he, how much can he really do at this point? So <laughs> yeah. Is he really, you really see like a, I don't know, Jahan Dotson type guy coming in there and just be an absolute stud right away. I feel like Rogers has, more so than others, has he really needs to build up that rapport and trust the guy he's throwing to. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a fair stance to have, and it's definitely been true for his entire career, but he's not dumb. He realizes he's he's got no other choice. I mean, he he that was probably that trend of needing to build uh, chemistry with someone and, like, him having kind of trust issues with teammates. I, you could say, I mean, I think that had a lot to do with how comfortable he was with Devonta Adams, but now there's no Adams. So he's kind of forced to build relationships and build chemistry with new teammates very quickly if he wants to win another Super Bowl and his clock is ticking. So I think he's going to have to. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But I guess the last thing I'll say on this or a question I'll pose to you. Where does Jordan Love rank as the worst draft picks of all time? Jeez. <laughs> is it number one? Yeah. <laughs> it's really up there because it happened he, in 2020. He, he, and he then Rogers has... in value so much. He what? He depreciated in value like the second he got drafted, I feel like. And Rogers was staying. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I guess the only silver line you can say is that maybe that motivated Rodgers to win back-to-back MVPs. So I don't know, but I mean, I've gone back and forth. I think on the Jordan Love situation, I don't know. I I think I don't think he's good. You know, like, I'm not saying, like, oh, he just needs a shot. He's really good. But, like, he just – I don't know. We couldn't expect him to outperform MVP-level Rodgers. Like, I think the, the Packers drafted him not expecting him to play right away. Maybe, like, have him, like, for this season. But – and they the Packers – I think it's more the Packers. It's a big whiff, like, not – not thinking Aaron Rodgers could have MV, two MVP, MVP level seasons. Um, I don't know. The whole situation is so weird. Like it's just, it's just dumb that they. The I think there really is something with the front office that's not right, and I can kind of see Rodgers gripe with them over the years because. I I I don't think I, I guess they weren't on the same page as Rodgers when that happened, and that's why they just pre prematurely drafted a quarterback. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. NFC South. Tom Brady comes out of retirement. <laughs> I don't know if I'm just stupid, but I just didn't see it coming. I thought he was actually done. I feel like Same. a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, I I didn't really think he was done. I knew he was going to." No, if they said that they're lying, because I I feel like I got that that vibe from some people and. I just I just didn't see it happening. I really thought he was done and I was very surprised when it came when it came out. So Yeah. 
Brady's back. Uh, Bruce Arians is, is done. Uh, Todd I think there's Bowles. correlation there. I think there's causation there. No, I don't think so. I think Arians was going to step step away, whether he was there or not. Um, but you know, it's I think it's it's nice to see Todd Bowles get another chance. He kind of didn't really have the best situation at all in New York, so I don't really think we could fault him too much for that. And um, I'm I'm happy that he gets another chance, and and especially with a really good team. So yeah, I hope and he's a as well he's clearly a defensive head coach former defensive coordinator and that's just his style and perfectly okay when you have I mean, tom brady can be the offensive coordinator and brian left which is good in his own right as oc so um yeah the team is gonna be just fine do you know their de- the new defensive coordinators they go promote I, within uh i don't know but that that seems right i feel like that's a move that they would have made yeah I mean, the Bucks have one of the easiest cakewalks to the division title. I mean, they could clinch it by week 14 or something like that. So, I mean, and Brady's still playing at an MVP level. You could argue he had one of the, his best seasons of all of his career last year, and he's freaking 45 or whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, it's still – it's just – you can't really envision him playing bad football. So. Yeah. I mean, Chris Godwin might start the season on the pup list. Who knows? Because he did tear his ACL late in the season, so I don't know what his timetable is. But still have Hall of Famer Mike Evans there. Um, don't know if Gronk's coming back yet. He's still undecided. But yeah, Gronk report came out yesterday saying Gronk couldn't commit to football right now, but I he's gonna come back. Yeah, I'd predict. I, I'd say I'd probably lean toward yes as well. But again, Brady has carried much worse. Yep people uh in position groups wide receiver position groups to success so they're going to be just fine um saints they re-signed Jameis winston uh he was five and two as a starter last year before he tore his acl he had an interception to touchdown ratio of 14 to three so he really cut down on the turnovers in his seven starts uh it's hard to tell i think in my opinion what will happen now that sean payton's gone so mm-hmm. Saint, it's a, Saints are just in a weird position right now. They bring in Dennis Allen as the head coach. So certainly going to be a lot of new looks here. And I don't, I really don't know what to make of the Saints right now. Yeah. Certainly they, could still, they could still draft a quarterback. They have two picks in this year's draft. So who knows what's going to happen with that. But it's, uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to make of them. They lost Teron Armstead too. Yeah, that's big. Oh, we, we didn't even see yeah, that. We forgot to mention that too. with the Dolphins, I'm realizing, yeah. Um, so that's a pretty significant loss. I mean, he's the top left tackle in football. Um, I'm seeing Boju. I don't, don't really know, know what to make of the Saints. I think their defense is still solid, so that's something. Maybe that'll be their identity. Um, I don't know. Yeah, to lose – I mean, lose their head coach who – I don't really know much about Dennis Allen. So he was their defensive coordinator, right? I believe so. So maybe they really will be a defensive team and that's how they'll try to win win games. Um, I don't know. It's it's tough. And they got to play the Bucks twice. 
but they get to play the Panthers and the Falcons. They twice. get to play the Panthers four times. Pan- yeah, that's f- oh Panthers four times. <laughs> I mean the Panthers and Falcons four times total. So yeah, it's just I very mean, average same- team. Like you know, I mean very average. Like wishy washy about them in the NFC. If they're in the AFC. Sorry. <laughs> Raspberries. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, if the Saints went 10 and 7 and got the five seed or something like that, wouldn't surprise me. But if they went 6 and 11 and had like the ninth overall pick next year, wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see how the rest of the offseason kind of goes. And certainly the draft's going to change our minds as well. And then, you know, right. come August, we'll have a different opinion and hopefully a little bit more of a, solidified position on that right right. uh last thing in the nfc south uh we have the departure of matt ryan and i I also kind of wrote down the suspension of calvin ridley as well and kind of (laughs) a brief comment on the overall state of the falcons at this point um the only note i have written down here is that the falcons are on bryce young's last cj stroud watch because i mean that i think they they will hold a top three pick in the next year's draft You know who their QB one is? Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Yep. Um, they should just put Cordell Patterson back there and see what this happens. This team is so bad. I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, they have two. <laughs> What's so funny? Just the roster. I'm laughing at the roster. Oh, okay. I didn't know what you were laughing at. Yeah, they had AJ Terrell and, and Kyle Pitts, and that's and, it. Well, and Grady Jarrett. I think he's he's an over, overlooked player. He's very good. He's a very top five defensive tackle, if not four. I don't know, but man, this all this offense. I guess you can just look at the O line. As I said before, is very bad. Starting quarterback right now is Marcus Mariota. I have to imagine they'll draft someone at eight. I don't know. Maybe they they could just not think this is their year to get a quarterback and wait and maybe go Complete after the guy job, yeah so yeah it's tough it's tough to be a falcons fan right now i'd imagine i know because i live with one he said i feel like josh has said like there's only like four legitimate nfl players on this team which i mean aj terrell grady jarrett kyle pitts Come on, put Cordell Patterson in there. Cordell Patterson, yeah. Who are their receivers? Um, still got Zacchaeus. I mean, they, they lost Russell Gage, who I s- spoke to a spell earlier in this episode, like kind of disregarding him as a Matt Ryan weapon. They lost him, who was their best one. They have Olmini, Zacchaeus, Demiri De- Bird, Auden Former Tate. Golden Goat. Auden Tate. I think I had all those, four, all three of those guys at one point. And let's see, we do you know these names? Uh, Kaderil Hodge. Wasn't he a Steeler? No. <laughs> this is a fun game. He was on the Lions. Hodge. I feel like I remember that in the back of a jersey. Uh, there's Frank Darby. I know Frank Darby. I don't. He was a rookie um, last year, right? Yeah, six round pick in 2021. Uh, Chad Hansen. Yeah, he was the um, he was in the Texans, I think, right? I don't know. He was. I think they Can signed. You check that? Eight, they signed him this year, and then our last one. Pretty sure he was in the Texans. 
Chad Hansen. We're talking about Chad Hansen. Who the heck is this? No, he's his picture. Oh yeah, he was in the Texans. And uh, who's their last one? I had Austin Trammell. Trammell. No idea who that is. Yeah, bad. All right, we need to move on. We, we need to stop talking, talking about talking Chad about Hansen. That. All right. There's not much in the East, right? Yeah, the only Just thing Wentz. is, yeah, Wentz going from Indianapolis to the football team. Uh-huh. So he'll be playing the Eagles twice a year. I mean, I hope he beats the Eagles twice a year. That'd be really cool, but I don't. I just don't know. I think now that two organizations, like I said earlier, have bailed on him, I think I might be out on him. Like I, I really don't just see this working out very well. Uh, I, I know he. Say. I know he only threw th- seven interceptions last year, but some of the, some of like his play style and like the interceptions they actually threw were very like erratic. Like erratic. Were, I was just gonna say that word. Yeah. There were two that were like. You remember the really ugly one right at the goal line? He coughed it up against the Colts. Yeah, there was like two That's of them. Crazy. So yeah. they just I don't know. Yeah. I, I want him to do well, but I just I really don't see it working out that well. Um I remember now I was gonna say. Like I think this is like a seven win team at this point. No, I don't remember if I heard this kind of philosophy on veterans minimum. I think it was, or maybe it was on uh, around the NFL podcast on F- NFL Network. But um, to look at it optimistically, I feel like, I mean, Wentz has had in the past has been a great talent and has battled some injury. Um, he was whole healthy all of last year, right? Yeah, you didn't miss time. Um. Yeah, I, I think he started every game. Okay, so let's just say injuries are maybe behind him for now. Um, Which is still not – it's far from a guarantee. But it's not yes. a guarantee, correct, yeah. But just for the sake of this argument, we'll just say that's behind him now. Um, I think he could have got a little um, – I don't know if arrogance is the right word, but in Philly – saying like oh philly was the prop blaming from him being traded from the eagles to the colts saying like the eagles were the problem they whatever didn't they drafted hurts preemptively and they it was kind of on the eagles like that was kind of his scapegoat that's kind of the narrative that a lot of people thought about him going to the colts like he'd be fine in a new place um it was the eagles fault um and now we're seeing he went to the colts and didn't really perform up to expectations, you know, like up to the expectation that it was the Eagles fault and not him. Um, and maybe he got a little complacent, but now he's dumped by another team. So it's kind of forced on him now. So, um, you know, the past couple of play, like it was the Eagles fault and you can't really blame it's the Colts fault. Cause it's another team that passed on you, your former offensive coordinator passed up on you. Um, so now his back is really against the wall. This is kind of his last shot. If things don't work out this year in Washington, then he's going to be out of the league. He's going to be a backup. That's really hard to think that he could be a backup. Like he's going to be – if he has a bad season, he's going to be a backup quarterback. Um, so, yeah, his back's really against the wall. So he's it's put up or shut up this year for him. If you want to look at it optimistically from a Washington fan, because um, there's some talent there. I think he just maybe gets a little um, – his decision-making has taken a hit the past couple of years, 
he's made some pretty bad turnovers as we spoke to. So, um, yeah. Wow. Where do you, where do you stand? I mean, I pretty much said everything that I wanted to say on it. It's just, it's just the Colts were so quick to move off of him. Right. That's telling. That's like telling. one year too. And I trust the Colts. The Colts are a good organization. So it's not like it's a, you know, a circus out there. Like they're, I trust them. Yep. I don't know. It's a, We'll see. I like I said, I, I want him to do well. I want him to I would love nothing more for him to come into the link and just put up three touchdowns against the Eagles and they win by, you know, 20 points or something like that. Yeah. I just don't really see it happening. I think the Eagles are a better team than the foot uh the tire was called in the football team, the commanders yeah. at this point. Um it, and I, I guess the last thing we could say on this, uh, did you see that Colin Coward ranked Wentz as the best quarterback in the NFC East? <laughs> That's so bad. Yeah, he did. It was really funny. So, anyway, our final division, the NFC West. Um, I guess we can talk about the state of the Seahawks right now. They lose Russell Wilson uh, in the trade, and they released Bobby Wagner, and he goes to the Rams. That's definitely got to rub salt in the wounds. And I think I heard, I saw the quote from Bobby Wagner today or yesterday. He said, the fact that he gets to play the Seahawks twice a year is just icing on the cake of why he wanted to sign with the Rams. So, uh, you know, Seahawks are not in a good place right now. The DK Metcalf rumors are swirling. They do have the ninth overall pick. That's what they have, right? Ninth or 10th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they've been linked to Willis. They've been linked to Pickett. Even I've even seen, I've seen a couple with Ritter as well. So, you know, I, if they don't, they're going to have to start Drew Locke, and that's not going to be good for anyone. I mean, there's just so many holes. It's crazy. Like, I think it's – they got to trade. They've. I think they made it pretty clear they want to build around DK Metcalf, so I Tyler Locke, it's got to be gone. Like, yeah, there's I mean, no point in having Tyler Locke. He's, he's, he's a very, very solid receiver, and – um. Yeah, he's, gets, he's only 30, so... Yeah, so get 30, some draft so. capital out of him and move him to a contender because this team has so many holes. It's very comparable to the talent level of the Falcons, probably, right? Even worse, maybe. On the defense side, their defense is really bad. Like The only, like, notable name, and it's just a name at this point, is Jamal Adams, <laughs> right? Yeah. Other names like Quandre Diggs and Sidney Jones, you recognize, but other than that, it's just Shelby Harris, too. Like, it's... Their defense is really bad, and on offense is not better. Like D. Mecham, Tyler Lockett, the only notables. I think they did get Noah Fant, which he's an unproven guy too. So yeah, Rashad Penny had a had a good December last year. So Chris Carson's still there. Yeah. Um, What's the point? Like this, trade as much as you can, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just yeah, I don't know how much you could really get for Tyler Lockett at this point. I don't know how much he, uh, what he would yield, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, definitely tough. It's it's tough after you know if you're a Seahawks fan, you've had a Super Bowl, uh, a Super Bowl win. You went to another Super Bowl consistently in the playoffs, and I think only was there only one year that Russ didn't win ten or more games in Seattle. I think so. Yeah, since 2012. So that's literally that's ten years. 
of just high quality football. And then you just go from that all of a sudden in a blink of an eye to this. So it's really tough. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully maybe on draft night, their fortunes will change. And I don't know if they get a guy like Willis or Pickett and they turn out to be, uh, you know, that, that can change everything. You know, if you get the quarterback right, then all your problems seem to, you know, seem not as bad. So we'll see. The Rams, the last team we're going to talk about here, they acquired Allen Robinson, who had his worst season of his career last year after a very, very solid first, whatever, how many years to his career. Um, Drafted in 14. Yeah. So very down here for Robinson, but, you know, he goes to the Rams, the defending champions, and he gets uh, Matthew Stafford, who has solidified himself as a top quarterback in the league not that he wasn't already but now he has the Super Bowl under his belt and had one of his best seasons ever Cooper Cup lines up off opposite of him and he gets Sean McVay so you'd have to think that Allen Robinson is definitely going to have a much much better season this time around uh they lose Robert Woods and there's going to be no more OBJ I believe he's just a free agent at this point right yeah I don't think he's coming back so what do you think about this? I think it's a pretty lateral move. Um, I mean, I, I don't, in terms of like just going from Robert Woods pre-injury to Allen Robinson, don't think yeah. it'll change that much. I think their offense will pretty much stay exactly where it was, which is high powered and uh, towards the top in the league. So not really much to say on that. And I hope Allen Robinson recovers. I always liked him and yeah, I think he will. Yeah, I agree. I think Alan, I've been a big fan of Alan Robinson. I think he's even better than pre-injury Robert Woods. But, I mean, it's pretty close. And, yeah, I do think he'll bounce back. It's just he's dealt a very poor hand with the Bears the past year, I guess. He had a good 2020. Um, yeah, no, I really do think he'll bounce back. Uh, offense is still going to be great. Bobby Wagner is going to be great for the defense. Yeah, Rams are a force to be reckoned with again as defending champs, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing you can say is Super Bowl hangover. That's the only argument right. you can really say. But yeah, yeah, because it's, it's hard to win back to back. No, one, it hasn't been done since what the Patriots in 04, 03. Right. So almost so, 20 years. 20 years going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, it's hard to imagine them not making the playoffs. So I, I think that, but they'll make it. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I really like the 49ers next year. I think that they're that they might take a take a run at the division title. And you know, Cardinals are I mean, they they definitely took a step forward last year, but they've got their own problems. So but I don't know. It's not out of the possibility that the Cardinals win the division, but it's just I don't know. Looks like the Rams division to lose. Sorry. Yeah. So definitely. All right. That is the NFL. And there's still a lot of other still pretty important moves that are going to make an impact on teams that we didn't even get a chance to uh, discuss. But right. We just try to hit all the highlights when there's been literally so many. So um, that's kind of our, the snapshot of the league right now. And we'll certainly talk more NFL. When do we plan on doing it? So the week of the draft, we're going to release our mock draft, right? That's the yeah. plan. Well, yeah, not sure. Yeah. Mock draft coming soon. First round mock draft with special guests. Get excited. 
Right. And uh, it's going to be the whole first round in one episode. So it'll probably be a long one, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and we're going to be acting as these, uh, as these GMs and maybe Jack will break out more GM impersonations like he did last year around this time. That was, that was, that was pretty funny. Right. Um, but yeah. All right, folks, that's today's episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Hogline Podcast. Shout out to Mr. Tease for sponsoring today's episode, as always. Be sure to hit up Mr. Tease if you have any formal attire needs. And we will catch you next week with another episode. Happy uh, Masters weekend. Happy, happy opening day. See you.